0: Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favourite Double Tappers.
1: Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again for another show. And with me as always, we have Mark Haffa. la Hello, hello, hello. And we have Sean Hello. I'll be the sensible one. Since when? What makes it sensible?
2: Just because you're not getting into the groove of things? Yeah, it's boring. That's what it is.
3: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you young whippersnappers, and you're grooving. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Thank have energy
2: you. when we record shows like this. All right, this.
3: okay. All right, sorry.
2: Hello! Just because you've got a lack of energy, you don't have enough caffeine in your body, doesn't mean you need to bring that negativity here. Well, this is a terrible start. I blame Stephen.
1: Restart. I'm going to take all this negative energy. (laughs) I'm going to take all this negative energy, and I'm going to place it right next to my Samsung Z Flip 3, okay? Just, I'm going to put it right there.
3: Oh, clang.
1: Oh. It's a good phone, but, you know, it's, you know.
3: Oh, no, what? You've fallen out of love already.
1: It's, I love the clamshell bit. That's, I tell you, if if Apple make a clamshell phone, I'll be having it in a second. <laughs> Send it back. And that one will be in the bin. Uh, no, I mean, it's OK. It's a good phone, don't get me wrong. And I am spending a bit more time with it these days. I'm not hating TalkBack as much as I thought I would. <laughs> That's not glowing. an advert, is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, <just> not <laughs> it's, a, fine. it's not a glowing review. Um... Well, look, today on the show, we get got uh, a lot to get through. But I say that. There's not a heck of a lot of stories around. So um, I don't know. Look, we've got an interview coming up. We've got a guest joining us. The... Yes, a guest, guys. We've got a guest joining what? us today. Voluntarily? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we did. Wow. Didn't have to bring him in here um, holding a gun to his head. Does and he know what's involved? Uh, he, he he has an idea. Uh, and the reason he has an idea is because he is a podcaster himself, and Okay. He's a New York comedian, so Ooh. expect fireworks, guys. Cool. Um, it's going to be great. Brian Fischler is joining us from the that and not there, but that real blind tech show. Another one. <laughs> God, so many of these things. I've got breaking uh, news, guys. What? <gasps> Bell today introduced
2: the fastest internet speeds of any major provider in Canada. Total speeds three times faster than cable. Bell Pure Fiber Internet Service now offers download speeds of three gigabits per second. As well, as upload speeds of three gigabits per second. How That's do I get nice. this? How much? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. He's 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 ordering now. It's available now in eligible areas of Toronto. No. Oh, unlucky! Uh, I was, just
1: for a second, I imagined a Starlink kit lying in a dumpster.
2: <laughs> I'm always going to have that as my backup.
1: Yeah. You're you're so prepared. I mean, I tell you, if the worst comes, and let's be honest, the world is a bit on a uh, sugarly peg is a Scottish phrase. We're on like I a balance, a, a
2: really bad balance right now. And a right really now, bad balance, The yeah. weight
1: is not in our favor. <laughs> it's not. Uh, but you're prepared for everything. I mean, you've got, you know, even if there's nothing left, you'll still be able to connect to, I guess, some kind of server. Surely there'll be a Netflix server running at the end, surely. Ah, there'll always be the tinternet.
2: That's what what will be left, actually. It'll be Disney+. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Disney Plus, no Netflix, you know what? just Disney
1: Plus. Isn't that a? Br- we should have put that in a poll this week on Twitter, right? We should have said if there was an in an event of a nuclear holocaust, which streaming service would you want left? Um, because I think Ooh, a lot people – I think people would great, go for Netflix. That's a great question, isn't it? Netflix, because let's be honest, Netflix is great. Disney Plus, great. Apple TV Plus, yeah, yeah um, boring. You know what? I actually like some
2: of the programming on Apple TV+. Plus.
3: you're such a fanboy. No, like, you know what? Go well, watch We Crashed. Sorry?
2: I didn't see that one. Go watch We Crashed. It's with Jared Leto and uh, and uh, what's her name? And uh, it's all about the Wii, the WeWork story. It's
1: actually quite 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 interesting.
3: Okay, quite interesting. Just what I want, to be quite interested for an evening.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You, you watch some strange stuff, though, Sean, because I've noticed what? you are... You are quite a positive person. You don't like to portray it, but mm, you mm, are. Yes, certainly <laughs> not with us. But you, um, <laughs> you, you do like to kind of get cheered up. I get that impression. You like to be smiling. Well, you, you like get, to be happy. I, I don't
3: get this. Like I
1: tell you to watch these documentaries about, you know, people who've been serial killers, and you're like, no, 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 I'm not watching all that. Yeah,
3: you, you get some sort of morbid pleasure in being depressed. I don't get it. I don't want to watch these documentaries. I want to watch cartoons and, you know, Rick Can and Morty. Can I tell Morten. you
1: something? When it comes to podcasts, when it comes to mm-hmm. even audiobooks, the libraries like CNIB and RNIB in the UK, they all report that true crime is the number one obsession. Oh, crime thrillers people love all that it's is, it's is weird there it has is. to be like
2: some good dead bodies like it's gotta have some murder involved good dead bodies okay cool not the rubbish you know that, ones. is there such thing as good murder
1: no well do you know there's there's a there's a point that comes and i really i don't want to say this thing because well don't go with your guys. I, I know what will get me into because i'm not going to say it but I'll, I'll i'll maybe tell you guys later but honestly there's there's sometimes you go through certain programs and depending on and how can i say this delicately sometimes there are shows that you watch that you think to yourself I wonder how many people died in this episode, and that is what drives you to watch it. Okay, I think that's I it. Should point, I should point so out you, these are dramas I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not talking about real life.
3: I watched uh, yesterday something called The Last Bus, a Netflix original film, and it is quite possibly, sorry, it's a series, quite possibly the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. By that was st- a film, was it not? No, no, no. Well, it was a film with uh, somebody or other, but this is a a TV series about, these little drones which take over the earth it is the worst thing ever thank you
1: and i still that's not i still that's not the film i'm thinking of i'm thinking of the film about that literally was about the last bus it was about a bus service
3: yeah well that sounds (laughs) wow that sounds captivating
1: that is a british film if ever there was a british film The only thing that was the only other option is the last cup of tea. That is also <laughs> a biscuit.
2: horror film in Britain. <laughs> okay, I've got a, I've got a question for you because you guys you know are on the other other side of the pond there. Um, w- did you guys watch Sherlock? Of course, I love no. Sherlock. It's so that's not just a, it's a, what a, you know what a, a, I was watching clips yesterday on Facebook. They were just popping up, and I want to go back and watch this this season the, the series again. It wasn't very long. Um, I have to watch it again just it was so good. Uh, Absolutely, three per oh, series. Oh, really very popular. Yeah,
1: it's very popular. Yeah, now, no, it's, it's, that's the thing in Britain, that you get these stupid lengths of, of series here. Yeah, what do things? they do that?
2: What they, is that? Like, it was it made no sense to me. Each season was three episodes?
1: <laughs> like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's because it's made by the BBC, and they only have, like, 10 pounds to make a show. No,
3: no, no. It's it, it, You have, like, But they're 20. each an hour and a half
2: long, and they couldn't split it up, like.
3: why, why do you want to split it up it, for? Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense. No, but why sense. Not,
2: then why not make it a movie?
3: Well, why do you have 22 episodes per season over there? That's crazy. Six. There's
2: some kind of math involved.
3: Six is all you need. Six, <laughs> yes.
2: Sean, if yes. if they if they only yeah. wanted six episodes of Double Tap TV, um, um
1: oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we, um, four is good. <laughs> forty four is a good number. We, I like forty four. I think that's my. F- I mean, I, I'll be honest. I prefer fifty two, but you know what? We'll we'll go with what we get. Uh, listen, did you see the tweet this week from Microsoft? Oh yes, to I did. This, this is now, such a funny tweet. Now you you can explain it,
2: but in their defense, I mean, you can run Windows on a Mac.
1: You can, exactly. Oh, <laughs> that's so, a stretch. You know, for, well, well, in fairness, OK, there was a bit of controversy around this because they'd put up an ad or a tweet about spring cleaning your computer, you know, getting all the, the junk out of it, taking some time to get rid of unwanted yeah, files, sp- all stuff. it said spring
2: cleaning. Check out these yeah. tips on how to clean and run your device safely and smoothly from Microsoft's Carmen Zlatef, as reported in Bustle, and a beautiful image of a woman with colored hair using an iMac. <laughs> now hang on though to be fair did
3: did they really use that those words of cleaning your device so they didn't say oh, yeah, cleaning i just your read Windows? that i just
1: i just read that to you
3: yes so well there you go then that's fine they got to get out they
1: didn't say cl- no but it is microsoft right i mean they do <laughs> yes well they don't generally sell apple products
2: <laughs> no yeah but and maybe they meant cleaning mac os off your iMac.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to delete macOS, here's how they do it. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can run Windows on the Mac if you've got an Intel one. Someone actually put it up. They said oh, it wasn't even an Intel one. It wasn't the old style no, it like wasn't. Mac. It was an know. M1 one. <laughs> it was an M1, right? But you can run Windows on there. And with Parallels at the moment, you can run it, and you can get like the Windows yeah. ARM version, which is a bit, yeah, you know. But yeah, basically, it was a screw up. Someone clearly just went to the wrong folder. Although why? Why does Microsoft have a library of Mac images? They just did <laughs> a Google search, them. didn't they? Possibly, yeah. Trendy computer in it.
2: The, the, These are always fun. Marquez Brownlee, uh, MKBHD, is notorious for pointing out when um, big celebrities are promoting products, specifically normally like Samsung products, and they're mm. tweeting about it from iPhones, and he points <laughs> to the point that he got blocked by Gal Gadot once. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This is one of the most infamous ones where she was tweeting for Samsung, I believe it was. And it was something about the new Galaxy lineup. And it said sent from iPhone. And he posted the <laughs> picture and she blocked him. Wow. Blocked him, And he talked about <laughs> it in media. And, uh, and he's been notorious for, for catching these and posting them pretty quickly before anybody else really catches them. And it's just it's become just really fun memes at this
1: point. It's so funny. I've been, as you know, uh, Mark, I've been along at, and you have too, been at Microsoft Buildings where we're, you know, sitting there talking to Microsoft people. And all around the place, everyone's sitting with a MacBook. And, you know, nobody wants to admit that. Oh, but it's true. Everyone's using no. it is. I mean, not everybody, obviously. And I imagine, I will say one thing, though. I will say one thing in, in Microsoft's defense here. Um, I've noticed, or well, certainly before the pandemic when I was traveling a lot, especially going from, say, Scotland to England on the, the long train journeys, it used to be the case that every every single uh, seat, every single table had someone sitting at it with a MacBook. And then there was a change. I don't know what it was. And I imagine it's a corporate decision. But it now seems everywhere you turn, it's Surface Books or Surface Pros. And um, yeah, there's definitely a shift going on. I imagine that's a corporate decision. Clearly, you know the, the machines are, are Microsoft, and they're using them. And you know, Surface Pros just look so cool. I don't care what it
3: looks like. Macs were just terrible with their heat when they went Intel. Their keyboard problems. Mac laptops were terrible for the longest time. So, yeah, I think that's. Yeah, cool. I
1: want to. I want to. I want to get very serious later, guys, oh? because um, yeah, I do have a story to share, which I'm very sad about. Um... And I'm going to share it with you a bit later on the program because yeah, I'm I'm honestly devastated by this news. We'll get into it later. Uh, You two, though, go and find some news stories, will you? Because I've got Brian Fishler coming up next from That Real Blind Tech Show. He is going to be joining us to talk all about AxeCon 2022, the big digital accessibility conference that was held virtually again this year. And why he was involved, why was a New York comedian invited to an event all about digital accessibility. Find out next.
0: This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1 844 971 1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show, honest. It really
1: is. And while those guys go off and search for news stories for us to talk about, because I'll be honest, I've been struggling this week. So, you know, hopefully, Mark and Sean come up with something. Uh, We are going to be joined uh, by Brian Fischler now, though, uh, from that Real Blind Tech Show. He's a New York comedian. He's blind. He's got a lot to say on a lot of topics, including gaming. Yeah, and uh, that is why he was asked along to the AxCon conference recently, uh, a fantastic event held virtually this year, and an opportunity for lots of developers and coders to learn about the value of accessibility and the value of coding for disabled people, right? So that essentially we can all take part. So yeah, really interesting to find out all about this, uh, Brian. Great to have you on uh, Double Tap Canada. Lovely to have you here on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about AxCon then, and what it actually is.
4: Yeah, AxCon is put on by DQ Systems and. DQ is doing some fascinating work, because what DQ Systems does, to my understanding, I don't work for the company, I don't represent the company. You have to have that disclaimer for everything you say nowadays. They basically are consultants where, you know, mid-range to even, I guess, you know, Fortune 500 companies will hire them to train their accessibility department. And, you know, more and more companies, obviously, are putting a focus and an emphasis on accessibility and universal design, and Axcon will consult with them over best practices and train their staff, so that way they'll have an internal staff to get up to speed. And So, Axcon, I guess, you know, with everything that happened with CSUN, because Axcon, from my understanding, used to be a pretty big sponsor of CSUN, and two years ago, I was at CSUN, and things were not handled the greatest, and I guess... DQ probably felt the same thing and they broke off and started their own conference and it's gotten pretty big. I believe they had over 20,000, uh, you know, it's all virtual, completely free online. Anybody could sign up for it. And I believe they said they had over 20,000 attendees and sign up I, I guess this year, I don't know if everybody attended that signed up, but they are talking about Sir Tim Berners-Lee was the keynote, one of the main keynote speaker this year. For those of you who are not familiar with him, he's the guy credited with inventing the World Wide Web. He gave us the HTTP. I I like to think he's done more than that, Stephen. I don't know because I don't know his whole history. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, and I don't even think we need to use that anymore, do we?
1: No, so yeah, exactly. So thanks for nothing, Tim. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, in I fact, you know, now we never got to put uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just you know, just just move on now. That's yeah. it. We've we've had you've had your fun. Um, I mean, I often thought of him like you know the guy who invented the first telephone. You know, I just I don't know. I, I I don't know what he did necessarily well, or a, how it worked. That's a
4: controversial topic. Is is it Alexander Graham Bell or was it Marconi? I think the Italian. Oh uh,
1: well, you exactly. know, I'm Scottish, so it was Alexander Graham Bell, right? Okay. So I'm not interested in facts, as you know. It's all about feelings these days, Brian. So exactly. you know, I feel that's the right answer.
4: I feel you're correct cuz I can't spell Marconi. I don't know if it's Marconi, Marconi. It's not you, Italian, you, all, all I Oh, anyways,
1: I'm getting hungry. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Is that a topping for
4: pizza, Marconi? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now
4: uh, getting back to AxCon. They, so AxCon and they had just a wealth of talent speaking at this year. Now I didn't attend a ton of I, you know, I can only take so much because so much of this stuff goes over my head. So it's there for <laughs> us to learn about, but it's best practices for universal design, a lot of WCAG and the way the web is evolving, and it's all about accessibility and accessible design, making your website accessible. Hey, ding, 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 no uh, overlay companies were present.
1: Oh, interesting. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we we didn't name them in case they uh, turned litigious on us. Um, Yeah. But you know who you are out there. Uh, so okay, well, well, with all that in mind, why the hell were you invited?
4: It's kind of like the plot to die hard. I think I was invited by mistake. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like well, why am come... I here? Yeah, how, how did it come about? What happened?
4: So I, uh, if you follow me on social media, you know that I blast companies for accessibility. Well, before I was big on Twitter. I used to do that with email. And, and this is something I've always advised people in the community to do. If there's an app or a website and you're really passionate about it, where you wanna be involved or play, you know, obviously not everything in my opinion can be made accessible, but most things can. Reach out to the developers. Developers want to hear from you 90% of the time. I'm not gonna get into the 10% of companies who I have a list of where I'm like, you just made the list buddy. But mm. they want to hear from you. So going back, I have, you know, before I went blind, I was a huge sports guy. I played baseball, football, and soccer. Big Yankee, Florida Gator fan. And in the late 90s, something popped up in this country, and uh, fantasy football. And football is king in this country. And it's just exploded. It started out as something we used to do on paper. And it's just this mindless thing where it's the world's greatest waste of time, fantasy sports, but wow, is it a lot of fun. So about, uh, let's see, about 10, 12 years ago, um, when I lost my total vision, everything had moved online, you know, Y2K didn't let us, you know, it, we were very disappointed by it. You know, all the computers kept working and everything and yahoo uh you have three big main fantasy apps two of them companies with uh letters mostly inaccessible still to this day yahoo's app at first was very accessible but it wasn't fully accessible so i shot over some emails uh to the accessibility team yahoo has an accessibility lab and they put me in touch with some of the development team there and we had a back and forth like oh how can we fix this and i'm like well i think if you do that I, you know, I learned apps, and I've learned web design, I've learned some coding, and as the years have fast-forwarded, I've gotten into accessible design and consulting with companies on best practices myself, and it was just dumb luck that I got in touch with the right person at Yahoo, and in 2014, Yahoo decided to build their app from the ground up, and I, you know, emailed him in, you know, hey... This was accessible. Let's make sure that it still is. Well, the day it came out, sure enough, they broke accessibility. And I wrote a very lengthy email to my contact at Yahoo that was polite, but it was scathing. And, you know, we normally, I'm sure you've emailed Apple before. We're aware of the issue, but we can't comment it or say when we're going to have a fix for it. That wasn't the email I got back. I got back a very lengthy, apologetic email where at Yahoo, accessibility is something we take quite serious in our rush to get this out some steps had been passed over you know they were getting this out to the sighted community obviously they've got millions if not billions of customers that play yahoo fantasy now that i have know the higher ups i've asked although they haven't told me do you make hundreds of millions from it or billions that's how many people are playing fantasy football they did not answer So I was pretty upset. I got depressed, you know, but within weeks, Yahoo had a lot of their accessibility fixes fixed. So over the years, I've been going back and forth with their entire accessibility team, making sure that things are accessible. And, you know, you have so many moving parts. Because, Stephen, I know I've been rambling here. How much do you know about fantasy sports? Anything at all or no?
1: Well, here's what I know about fantasy sports, uh, that there's uh, sports involved and that there's some kind of fantasy Uh, around them them. Uh, does does that answer that question
4: that's that's yeah that's a good start and everything so basically no matter (laughs) what your sport football baseball hockey soccer you're basically drafting a team of players from all the players in the league so you can draft your favorite players and everything you've got so many different styles of league with different scoring they have everything from free leagues all the way up into the several thousand dollars and everything And you have different stages. So the first thing is the draft. And the thing about the draft and why so many other companies' apps are not accessible is you have so many moving parts during the draft. And the draft is when you get together with the other members of your league. It takes place normally over one night and you draft your team for that sport. And then you go into the regular season. You could add and pick up players, that sort of thing. You could trade players with other members in your league. The thing that people love about it, obviously fantasy football is the most popular game in this country. The thing that people love about it is the camaraderie and the competition that it brings out in everybody. It's probably 60% luck, 40% skill. And about six years ago, while I was at Axcon, we started the all-blind fantasy football league. And we... Got a group of 12 people together, now some of the names have changed since we started the league, some people have been in it since the beginning, and we've just been playing fantasy football and I happened to go, I was brought into Yahoo when they were owned by Verizon Media for their client appreciation, day. I don't remember the exact name of the thing, and I got to speak with the CEO of Verizon Media and I I put his feet to the fires, kind of grilling him about accessibility and not realizing I was on camera. And it caught a lot of people's attention at the company because the it was basically here in New York, and it was an internal thing. It was, But it was being streamed in New York, uh, I believe Seattle, as well as Korea. And it, I, they learned about the All Blind Fantasy Football League, and they wanted to do something. And we started out with a case study where we had a member of the Yahoo team who uh, is also visually impaired join the league and she did a case study about, you know, the issues we would run into each week with accessibility, and they really put even a bigger focus on accessibility. I mean, Yahoo is quite committed to accessibility. Their belief is now born accessible, meaning that from day one, the product should be accessible. Obviously, things pop up, but you need to get those things fixed that popped up, and they want things to stay accessible. That's the toughest thing I have, Stephen, and you've probably run into this, is explaining to friends of mine you know, just because an app works today doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for us tomorrow.
1: Mhm. That's right. That's the biggest problem is that one one change can do it and we've seen this time and time again with apps and services. Uh I'll be honest this this is why I love doing this show because I get to learn about things I have no idea about. I had no idea for example that Yahoo was still a thing. Um and second That's another <laughs>
4: thing people Yahoo really you work with Yahoo?
1: You got to tell me next <laughs> that you've got Bebo and MySpace uh, involved as well. Um but
3: yes.
1: <laughs> But no seriously I, mean, I I didn't realize that Yahoo did all this stuff and you know that's amazing.
4: I was in eight fantasy football leagues this year and you know we have the only one with blind people was the all-blind fantasy football league the rest of my leagues is with people i went to high school and college with and it's so great because when i win because i normally win because i'm pretty good at it i say do you realize you just got beat by a blind dude and (laughs) i like to flaunt (laughs) it and everything but we did something spectacular this september yahoo there's 12 people in our league, and we will probably be launching a second league. We've had a lot of interest and, and people wanting to get into the league, because you can only have so many teams in a league before it dilutes and everything, so 12 is the perfect number for football. Uh, we shot the all-blind fantasy football mini-documentary, where Yahoo got us all together and <laughs> The rest of the league was a little annoyed because I was like, guys, you realize that I kind of talked them in. We were were originally going to film it in Malibu, California, which is gorgeous. And I kind of said, you know what, Uh, why don't we film in New York? Because I was a little freaked out about getting on the plane at the time when we did Mm -hmm. this. And the rest of the league was really, we could have been in a beach house in Malibu. I said, hey. I gave everybody the option, New York or California, you were all fine with, you know, filming in in either location. We had a couple of members of the league that weren't comfortable with traveling, so they were not featured in the documentary. But it was great because it showed, and it's approaching a million views now. It's still up on YouTube. If you go, it's all over Yahoo, and they've been, you know, advertising it on a lot of their channels, and they told me recently it's approaching a million views. But it showed us... Doing our draft and doing the same thing. And it's basically, we enjoy fantasy football too. And we just want to be part of the conversation. And the purpose of the documentary was to show companies why it is important for them to make their apps accessible. You know, it's something as mindless as fantasy football. You know, we're not talking about solving the world's issues here or anything. But it's just fun. And it's, like I said, it brings out... We had people that were in the league for the first time this year, and uh, you're like, well, I don't know how big into it I'm going to get. Well, just try it. I think the first week, you know, the guy's making waiver wire moves, and he's texting me. I'm making waiver wire moves at the office. This is awesome. And you have it all in the power of your hand and everything. And it's there are a lot of other fantasy companies out there, and gambling is now becoming pretty big as they're legalizing it in a lot of states in this country. And none of these sports apps are fully accessible like Yahoo Fantasy and Yahoo Sports. So Yahoo has really done a great thing here. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have commented, wow, I never knew that. I was playing on, you know, this other company's server where they've yet to make their draft accessible. I'm going to see if my league will switch over to Yahoo where, you know, everything is fully accessible.
1: It's been great hearing you talk about this. Are you going to do more at AxeCon now as a result of this? Because you sound like you're quite embedded in with the work they're doing now.
4: Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see what we have coming up and everything. We, we spoke at SiteTech Global. Uh, we also had one of the uh, engineers, developers, product team managers on from Yahoo with us during our presentation. If you're looking to check out anything from Axcon, I believe you could still register for the conference. up, And I think you could go watch any um, of the presentations f- from Lee Flurry from Microsoft was there up until April 14th and everything. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we're going to be doing. Yeah, you know, we like to obviously just spread the word about the accessibility, the mini documentary, and the main message that we wanted to get across, and I'll just sum it up here, is reach out to developers. You know, mm. be nice until it's time not to be nice <laughs> and email <laughs> them. You know, most apps or whatever, they have, you know, a place to contact them. Developers want to hear from you. And, and one of the coolest things I heard from some of the accessibility team at Yahoo they never really got to see the product in action. So they loved the docu, it's a five minute documentary. They loved the mini documentary because they were able to see all these accessibility features that they're constantly working on and building into the app in action with real customers using it. And they were just blown away from it. In fact, the gentleman that I had initially reached out to about eight, 10 years ago, Yahoo is no longer there. Larry tracked him down through LinkedIn and he remembered the email exchange and he couldn't believe that we had just made a documentary about the accessibility and, and where we are you know 10 years later after all this began and everything so if there's something you're passionate about and you really want to partake in you know keep hitting up those developers and everything explain to them not all companies are as forward thinking as yahoo but you'll be surprised
1: Brian, thank you so much for giving me your time on Double Tap Canada today. Really, really appreciate it. Brian Fishler there from That Real Blind Tech Show, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Well worth a listen. A really enjoyable conversation every single time with him and the team. Uh, And don't forget, we've got lots more to come here on Double Tap Canada. Stick around. We're getting into the news headlines next. As long as those guys have found something to read. Mark and Sean rejoin Double Tap
0: Canada next. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada Have your say right now Call or text 1-844-971-1999 Or email Feedback At AMI.ca Now Back to the show
1: Yeah thanks to Brian Really interesting to learn All about Axe And uh, All of that wonderful stuff Around gaming And uh, What he does It's really really incredible Okay well um, Guys It's nice to be back Mark and uh, Sean are back here Have you found some interesting News stories um, Not really No great. You just went for coffee, didn't you? I'm, I might have refilled my coffee.
3: I, I searched for Will Smith, but
1: nothing came up. <laughs> <laughs> you searched blind tech again, didn't you? Yeah. And you just wait. <laughs> That's all you do every time. And fair enough, so do I. have got a Google alert set well, exactly sad. for that. Um, yeah, do you know what? There, there's not a lot going on, but there, there's a few things. Uh, there was one story which I wanted to get audio for, and I asked Sean to get this audio for me. Did you send me this audio? Uh-oh. Um, yes, yes, I did. Yes, you
3: will find you? it in the... In the thing
1: there, in yes. the thing there. Oh, that's
2: in that's the really thing thing there. There. Is this is this the uh, which audio is this? The Mars uh, audio recording? Mars
1: audio. Yeah. So I'll be honest. It's probably not worth the bother. To be perfectly honest, uh, because overhearing. Uh, well, overheating is silence, right? That was basically. But no, no, it no,
3: it's not. That's the interesting thing. It's not silence. What you're hearing is just the the machine itself, right? So I don't really get the point of
1: it. No, ex- That's right. You're hearing the the machine going boom, 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 and then it's going, pshhh, and then it's, you know, not, that, that, that's it basically. That's it. Well, and then we could just play absolute the audio absolute in. silence. <laughs> nah, you know, then go and find it. I mean, nah, I mean, I could, I could play. Nice. Too, like, All right, I I done. Could, you missed your I You've missed ruined like, the show. Like, I mean,
3: it, yeah, Mark's got it. Well.
2: Have you? got Yeah, it's amazing how I can just hit play on YouTube. I did put
3: it in the thing.
2: Turn the music down, Stephen. Here it is, <laughs> exclusive audio, direct from Mars, exclusive to us, right here on Double Tap Canada. Wow, this is riveting. Oh, yeah. See what's Your that father. popping noise there? What's that? Um, they're saying that's um, pieces of rock falling. It's very quiet. I wonder what brand of microphone they're using on top of that Mars rover. Yeah, they should put a oh, pop shield on it. It's also picked up the helicopter. That's the that's the, the rotors of the helicopter, the Mars helicopter.
1: That's the alien. That's the alien craft coming to shoot them all down. So
2: here's what I never hmm. knew about this, and this is what I found interesting: um, was that the way we hear sound now, it's 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 in perfect sync, right? So we hear it real time. But in in Mars, it's delayed. Different frequencies are delayed, so you're hearing things. At different no. times, I guess? What? what are you talking
1: about? It's arriving at your ear at different Hi. times? That's why it sounds like that. That's why it sounds... Because I, I, I thought at first I was listening to something, and this is, I think, the, the, the key thing about this audio, is that you're kind of hearing all these different sounds out of sync, which apparently, as you say, is, is how you hear things on why? Mars. Why? Sorry, I
3: don't believe that. Why? I
1: don't know. I don't know. I, I, do I live in Mars? What, <laughs> what do I know?
3: <laughs> that doesn't make sense.
2: How does that work? Mark, explain. I don't have the answer. (laughs) I I, I think we need a scientist here to kind of answer Um, these questions. Do you think? um, (laughs) If only someone knew
3: something and could come on the show. Pointless. No, sorry. Pointless. Pointless audio. Let's keep the video coming. That's always cool, right? But
2: audio, it doesn't. No, nothing. Yeah. What happens if they, you know, bring back some audio and we suddenly hear some Martians on a conversation
1: on a FaceTime call? So cool. You see? Keep the audio coming, guys. It's kind, of, it's kind of nice to get that, actually. You know, it's, it's, the pictures are great, but they don't mean anything to us, really. Um, I mean, to you, Mark, yeah. You can see loads of stuff in it, and that's great. But, you know, I, I like hearing the sound. I like to hear what's going on. I remember NASA did this with um, space. Now, they didn't... You can't obviously get, get audio from space, but what they did was turn the frequencies into sound. Yeah. And uh, you were able to...
3: Yeah, do you know Pointless. It was quite interesting.
1: It was quite... Because you could actually hear, like, you know, stars exploding Pointless. and galaxies... Doing things. Yeah, it was great. Uh anyway, moving on. Elon Musk. Let's move on to please on to safer ground. Uh Elon Musk now owns a nine point two percent stake in Twitter. Does this matter to anybody on Earth?
2: Well, clearly it has some kind of impact because he is now the largest single shareholder of that company, even more so than Jack Dorsey. And in the first what, you know, hour that he was on, he immediately asked people to decide whether or not they want an edit button which you yeah. know a shareholder shouldn't <laughs> be able to have that kind
1: of control but well, he does clearly he does and he's <laughs> because well you know he did it on twitter <laughs> which makes perfect sense so yes, he's got the know.
3: backing of the, the board at least another member of the board who's uh, retweeted that tweet as well about the edit button and i find that amazing like 9.2% and he's the largest shareholder i i thought it would be I don't know. I thought there would be fewer shareholders than that, to be honest. And it's still three times more than, than as you said, Mark, as Jack uh, Dorsey has got. Three times more.
2: Yeah, I find it interesting that anybody in the public can just make a purchase of that amount of controlling interest in a company. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not really controlling. It's just public shares, right? So he doesn't necessarily have any larger share than anybody else if they get together, but it's... But he's on the board. He's on, yes. he's on the board, isn't he? Well, it? Then now they're, they're inviting him to the board now. Yeah. They had to. Right. I mean,
3: $3 billion. I mean, you know. You got to- <laughs> yeah, you might as
2: well get a seat yeah. somewhere. <laughs> well, oh. f- screw that. I'm going to buy $3.1 billion, see if I get on the board. Good luck. So- <laughs> Anybody want to lend me money? No. Why
3: do you think he's... You got he's- a limit
2: on your card? Why, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs>
3: Why I, do you I think he's be done, be done nice. it?
2: Why do I think he's because done he. It? Um, yeah, well, he tweeted
3: about free speech, right? He said, you know, the importance of free speech, and he did that poll, and he said the the like he'd just done with the edit button. He said, you know, the results of this poll are really important, and this was before he actually made the purchase. What does people th- what do people think of free speech? So, do you think he is there to make a difference? Is he, you know, with all those controversial bans of people? Is it going
2: that that begs the question of whether or not. He knew when he bought those amount of shares that he'd have some kind of seat at the table. Of course, he did. Why else would he do it?
3: He's a clever guy or a you know maniac, but either way, I think there's a good balance. He knows there. what he's doing. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, and I think you need a healthy dose of both to be someone like Elon Musk. I mean, they used to talk about Steve Jobs in the same way. Yeah. Um, but I, I think. Yeah, free speech is an interesting one, isn't it? Because free speech is always great until someone decides it isn't. I love people who always say, I love free speech, but, well, yeah, and you I, well, know, whatever comes beyond but is garbage. Well, did you see the butts? The, 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 the biggest but was, okay, let Trump back on. <laughs> yeah, that's well, exactly But it. the thing is, if you, if you let, there's always someone else who's on Twitter, you think, well, hang on, why is he or she still there? And they take Trump off. I mean, I don't really care. I don't. I, I don't think silencing these people actually helps in some respects, because they go underground, or they even worse create their own social network. And then, if it, I mean, apparently Truth Social was, and I quote, "branded a disaster." So I don't think that's going well. Oh, who um, branded
3: it a disaster. I missed that
1: one. Uh, yeah, well, this was this was an article I read this week, and you know, it's just. Uh, I think basically anybody who's been on it has suggested it's terrible. <laughs> and who's, who's surprised? Let's be yeah, honest. It's not as I, easy as I Trump just, thought. I was so no, excited I, for it. I, 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 I just just think it's not a good idea to continually divide and divide and divide us all up into, you know, I hate everything um, app over here and then I love tea over here. I don't think we should split people up like this. I think have a public square, have some rules, have some decency rules as they do. Um, But, you know, the problem is, is, it's like going back to that Will Smith and and, uh, Chris Rock thing. You know, someone will take offence at something, but it's it's ultimately how much does that matter when it comes to free speech? Well, because depends. someone will find something funny and someone won't. And that's the joy of, I guess, free speech, right? That you can say something and you can, um, mm. you know, there, obviously there has to be consequences to everything you say, right? And if you say something that's that's inappropriate, you need to respond to that. You need to say something fair enough. I get that, but at the same time, that if you if you stop it before we get to that point then where are we I don't, I don't want to live in that world i want to be you know I want to be able to open my mouth and say what i think
3: yeah but that's talking about offence and i'm with you with that no one's got the right not to be offended right i get yeah. that but when we look about the power of social media if you look about you know the, the thing that's happening with the russia and the war in ukraine you know the, the narrative that can be put out to the general public and can take hold um, even if it's not true, even if it's misinformation, that, that is so powerful. So is there a responsibility to uh, you know, censor misinformation? I honestly don't know.
1: Well, I mean, in the case of uh, Ukraine and Russia, I mean, in Russia's case in particular, they're shutting out the social networks. They so are. They're not allowing the speech to get in. That's the point. So this is what I'm saying. They're, they're shutting out the media which is the problem. Ultimately, if, if Russians had access to information that was coming out on social media, they would be more aware of what's going on. I think most people are. I mean, I, I can't imagine in a day like this, in a, in a day like today, where people have so much access to all kinds of technology, that people are not getting the information. This isn't World War Two, or at least that period of time when there was no access to information, and you could be shut off from whatever was going on outside your borders. That's not Is simple anymore a simple vpn is enough to get you out of that and find out what's really going on i think i think russians are smarter than that i think people are smarter than that i think they're finding out the information it's what they can do about it is is the bigger point
3: yeah if there's a state narrative that's to be spun you know how many of the population are actually going to go and get a vpn you know how many people are going to rely on just the state media i mean it's the vast majority right i would have thought maybe the the younger, tech-savvy people will go to a VPN, but the mass, the vast majority won't.
1: I hate to say it, but when it comes to Russia, the the solution to this will come when the body bags start returning. Simple as that. Because when they start to see all these soldiers coming home in body bags and realizing this is not clearly going the way they're that it's not going they to see on TV. You will it. The, you're yeah. cute to think they're going to see that, but they're not going to well, see well, it. Well, they're going to know about it because it's their family, it's their friends, it's their people. I mean, there's uh, so many soldiers. There's so Somebody, much. There's so much going I mean? on
2: there, guys. That it's. It's uh, there. There's infighting within families, with disinformation. I, 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 I wish that there w- would be a point in which I think that someone will realize something, or the you know, internally there'll be some kind of coup. But I just don't think it's going to happen. That government controls way too much.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, you talk VPNs. They don't
2: even add, uh, VPNs are blocked. Like there's only it's so it's so difficult for any real information to get in there. You know, while, you know, the president Zelensky sitting there showing us pictures on every news outlet of, of bodies on the ground. Russia claims that it's all staged. Yeah. How do you even how do you even
1: how do you even and, like, you know? It's we, we had had to to laughable up to this. at that point. It's it's like, come on. <laughs> we, had, we had to run up to this with, with Trump. Right. We had the same thing where everything was fake news. But of course, there was the opposition. There was the opportunity for people to find out what was going on in reality. So people who sat in the middle of all of this, people who wondered if any of it was true, could go and get the information. You're always going to find in these situations people are hard and fast. You're always going to get people who are on one side or the other. And those people are, frankly, a lost cause. You can't pull them back. But there is, I would always believe, a majority in the middle the silent majority, the people who aren't screaming and shouting at each other on Twitter, the people who aren't at the dinner pa- p- dinner table screaming and shouting about their political views, there's always people in the middle, and they're often the quiet ones. And it's those ones that can make the difference in the sense that they can be the ones to try and influence in some way. But I, I guess in Russia, that's, that's very difficult to do. I don't know how you get around that. I mean, what can they do? Let's be honest about it. Yeah. Um, well, that was anyway, depressing. Yeah, let's let's move away from this because I, I <laughs> want to ask a question. Can because this is a bigger issue for a lot of people, especially in in our countries, uh does unplugging appliances actually save electricity and money? Hmm. Well, you'd think it would, right? you <laughs> unplug it, it's not plugged in. It's not
3: drawing anything from the, the grid, right? If you unplug it, there's no draw at all. So it must save. It
1: must do. Well, it obviously seems obvious, right? But there, but you know, a lot of people think they're leaving stuff on standby. Do you do this? I do this. I must admit, I leave everything pretty much I all the time. Well, yes.
2: Listen, I don't remember the last time I turned my computer off. Like, I don't, I mean... No, nor uh, me. <laughs> I think clearly there's, there's, um, there's definitely a draw of some kind of power. It's a minimal amount. But I mean, I remember the stories that people used to say, you know, a light bulb will never burn out if you never turn it off because it's the turning on and off bolt of power that draws the most amount of energy. And I think that you know may have been the case, but I think a lot of that has been resolved with things like power management and such. So, will unplugging something save you power? I think it'll save you a little bit. Will you notice the difference? Maybe by a couple pennies on your bill. Maybe.
1: Yeah, and also sometimes, if I'm honest, it's the problem of always connected technology, because I have my um, TV at home. I've got my set top box connected to it, my my satellite box, and if I turn that box off at night. Because it's in the living room. So if I turn that off at night and I go upstairs to the bedroom and I want to watch TV, I can't because everything comes from that box as a hub. So that box has to be on all the time. Otherwise, none of the other TVs will function. Uh, So there's that. Then I have to therefore leave my router on, which is connected up. And I therefore have to leave all my Wi-Fi devices on. If I want Lady A to work, I need to leave the internet on and I need to leave all my Lady As on. If I want my smart plugs to work, I need to leave all my smart plugs plugged in and switched on. So it's it's very difficult to turn anything off without screwing everything up. (laughs) Well, the the argument is
3: I've got smart plugs and smart um, power extensions. So the idea that they are constantly on and they're always going to be drawing a little bit of power to stay connected to the Wi-Fi network. But the amount of power they save by turning devices off, like my monitor, like my speakers, like my mixers, uh, like my lamps in the house, whatever. The amount of power they save by turning those off you know, during overnight or whenever, early morning, um, so that makes up for the power that they draw to stay connected to the Wi-Fi, doesn't it? It must surely be better at more savings than it's taking in. Does yeah, that make sense?
1: I, I think you also got to think about the <laughs> yeah, devices. I about no. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to think about the devices that, that do draw energy whilst you're not using them. Anything basically with a light on it, um, or any kind of display that shows the device is off. That makes sense, right? Because if it's got a standby light, then that light has to be powered. So therefore, it's drawing power. Yeah, but Granted, nothing, not, you're not going to notice, right? Who well, cares? But, you know, but you, arguably, this adds up, right? And you think about the cost. And, and what we're talking about here, of course, is this huge rise in electricity costs. So you know, with all that in mind, you know, a penny can become two pennies. And then suddenly, uh, over a month, that can add up. And so it goes. Um, computers that just left in sleep mode, like mine, <laughs> forever, um, Chargers that still draw power, even if the device is not connected. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's And that's, that's a true. point. Yeah. You tend to think that if you've not got anything plugged into them, they don't draw any power. But I hmm. don't think that's true. Not with all of them. Um, media players that continually draw power, especially ones that might still scan for updates in the background. i um, not entirely sure what that would be nope. today. i thinking no about idea. that. I suppose Lady A could be an example of that, because she's always on. She's always sitting there. She will go for updates. That's an example yeah. of that. What well, about this one? Phones with displays that show when not in active use, like cordless phones. They draw power. Oh, come on. That's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Well, you can pay my electricity no, bill Pointless. Then. Okay. Yeah.
3: Use
2: well, okay. smart
1: home appliances like refrigerators, washers, and dryers yes, yes. that have always on displays, sometimes okay. even internet connectivity, electronic controls as well. You know, I
2: wonder if we just shut down the power grid in the house, just see what happens. If nothing's being drawn. I mean,
1: I would, Well, I would guess in your house it would be about three seconds before everyone starts screaming.
3: I would freak what out. Who do you
1: think it would start screaming? Me? Uh, I think you would join in. I don't think you'd be first, to be honest. I think. I don't think you'd be first. Depends I think if I was sleeping be...
2: or not. That's... <laughs>
1: Uh, well, you know, it's it's just, it's just about just knowing, I guess, about some of the, the devices in our homes, the ones that can draw the power. I, I think it's it, that's what I feel at the moment. I'm kind of thinking my way around the house and thinking, what could I turn off at night? And you know, even those smart plugs, you think, well, if I use a smart plug to turn it off, did you know they still draw power? Yes. Mm. Even though this turned the device you're connected to off, it's still drawing power from the uh, the source. So it's interesting. Interesting. Anyway, stick around. Uh, I have a very sad story to share with you next. Oh.
0: This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now back to the show.
1: You know, this music's far too jaunty for the story I'm going to tell. I'm going oh, to no. stop that music oh. because, you know, yeah, I'm stopping it. I have that power. Oh, well Put the depressing music on then. I, I don't have you any don't have any
3: for
1: you. I do have any depressing music. I'm, not that I'm so sad. I, I'm so upset I couldn't even find myself okay. a sad piece of music. Do you know we'll what do it, it, it in silence. Go on. Yeah, well I think that's more appropriate to be honest. It's time to say goodbye to the 11-inch MacBook Air. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
3: sorry, is that is that the sad
1: news, is it? <laughs> is, is I mean We said goodbye to that years ago, surely. No, hang on. I've still got one. Shh. It's over there. And it's very, very offended at the moment. Um, Yeah, three MacBooks are being added to the obsolete list. Obsolete uh, at the end of April, meaning that uh, basically you're going to have a hard time getting them fixed if you have one. So the three models are, uh, the uh, they're all from mid-2014, the 11-inch MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Air, and the 13-inch MacBook Pro from that year. Uh, the 11 inch was, or uh, came out in 2010, as a cheaper option for the 13 inch. Now, Mark, I have to say, when I saw this, all my my friends, all my blind friends, were like, "11 oh, inch MacBook Air, perfect. That's great for us. Great size." What did you think of an 11 inch MacBook Air? Because I just think you would look at that and go, "What?" I looked at it and I said, "This would be fun. Great
2: portable travel device." But then I used it, and I realized that the the size of the screen is pointless. I yeah. might as well be using a tablet.
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. Wow. And, and actually, it's more like a 13 inch, really, because the, the bezels are huge on it. I mean, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a 2014 device, so it wasn't as yeah. in the modern style. But still, uh, you know, but the, the 13 inch became the popular one. The really popular one was the MacBook Air. I think every student in the land had one of those at one point. Um, well, MacBook, it, did, it,
3: it was revolutionary, wasn't it? The design of MacBook Air when that first came out.
1: So thin. We, we
3: so haven't seen anything like it before, yeah. And for us, the 11-inch, you know, it just meant the whole form factor was so small and portable. It was amazing. But now, I mean, you could argue because of the bezel sizes and how the design has gone, that a 13-inch a is possibly the same size as the 11-inch MacBook Air was back in the day anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, they discontinued the MacBook Air. They stopped selling it in October sixteen. Uh, when they launched the 13 and 15-inch MacBook Pro with that uh, touch bar. Terrible. Yeah. Worst idea ever. They say that if you have got one, you might get some battery-only repairs. It depends on which country you're in. Um, But yes, uh, all three notebooks have apparently been on Apple's vintage list since 2020. (laughs) It's not even worse. It's on the obsolete list. (sighs) It just doesn't feel... I mean, when I use that machine, I think, I mean, even today, it's not... Brilliant. I mean, compared to today's machines, but at the same token, I, I still use it for odd stuff, and even voiceover's still pretty good on it. Um, it's not I, obviously it lives within a bubble. I mean, I tend to use it more for just working off text documents. I like it for notes, and for me, it's just a great little note taker. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a brilliant machine. I I really love it, but it, it just seems so sh- it's, it's such a shame. I wonder though. It was interesting because James Rath tweeted me this week, and he said, "Blind filmmaker," and he said, um, "Do we think we'll ever see?" Uh, an 11-inch or maybe even 12-inch MacBook again, and I'm just wondering about what's coming out this year, Mark, because there's talk of a 15-inch MacBook Air coming out, so maybe a 12-inch MacBook Air? A little portable oh, I, one again? Maybe maybe a 12-inch MacBook Air with a 13-inch
2: screen? Um. Okay. <laughs> well, wow, well, I, I didn't realize that would be so exciting, guys. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I... Uh, so we try to wrap our heads around that one there, right? Okay, um, yeah, totally. No, Twelve-inch 12 body
2: so a nice slim body, but with a nice thirteen-inch diagonal screen. So you're minimizing nice, on you know. the body, and then you're adding the portability. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm done.
1: I'm done. Right, I'm out.
2: Fine.
3: It's kind of what I said <laughs> in the beginning, but yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> oh, I love how you will take credit for your own nonsense. Oh, <sighs> love you, Mark. Go. I hate you. Uh, listen, oh. we didn't. We. Uh, I, I'm more? surprised. No, that's it. We're done but uh, it's been a lot of fun I've enjoyed myself those guys haven't but I've had a great time thanks to Brian Fishler from That Real Blind Tech Show hey. do, do, a, do a check out it's a great show uh, we are back of course with another brilliant Double Tap Canada next week there's Double Tap TV as well don't forget to check that out on your television or your app if you've got the AMI TV app or on YouTube I don't to say that are we no we go to the AMI TV app <laughs> you don't go to YouTube terrible place terrible place all right. Very accessible. No one would want to go there. Uh, That's it for us. (laughs) Back (laughs) again next week. Back and quit.